Hello and welcome to episode six of the Fantasy Injury Team podcast. Today's show, a mock draft with myself, your host, Joe D'Amico, and two members of the Fantasy Injury Team, doctors of physical therapy, Tom Christ and Sam Webb. Tom's a board-certified orthopedic specialist. Sam is a board-certified sports specialist. These guys seem to think they can outdraft me today. I think it's doubtful. We'll see what happens on today's show. Fellas, what's going on? I'm ready to mock draft. How's it going? I am going to outdraft you, Joe. We're going to let the people decide. I think we got to put our teams up on Twitter, and uh, we'll put some polls up after. We'll see. We'll get an official vote going. But uh, smell a little side wager here, boys. All right. So listen, guys, every show gets better and better. Last episode, we spoke to a writer from Game Day NFL, Frank Amarante. As our show and website continue to grow, we thank you guys so much, the listener. Hope you guys are learning stuff, learning a ton of information, gaining an edge on your opponent for this year in fantasy football. As always, guys, check out our website, explore it. We're the Fantasy Injury Team. It's fantasyinjuryteam.com. Tons of amazing content. Friend of the show and contributor Vin Bento has been grinding, putting up articles every day. He just went division by division, giving you his outlook for all the different players and all the different divisions, who he likes, who he doesn't like. A lot of great content and injury information there. Follow us on all sorts of social media, Instagram, Twitter. We are at fantasy underscore injury. Tom, you could follow him. He's a great follow at fantasy injury T. Sam is at fantasy injury S. Listen, these guys are good. They're dedicated to their craft. They've correctly analyzed a bunch of injuries already this year just by looking at the videos. Tim Patrick, Zach Wilson, KV on Thibodeau. Um, give us a follow. Give them a follow. Explore our website. We know you guys will love it. Hundreds of people already have, and we continue to grow thanks to you guys. So thank you guys so much. So let's dive in, boys. Let's get into our news. A lot of different updates since our last show. First with Michael Thomas, uh, a name who has definitely risen on leaderboard this year. He's a guy that Tom has planted his flag on. He's like the Neil Armstrong. He's like a fantasy football astronaut, Tom, over here. Loving, loving the return of Michael Thomas. What's going on with this hamstring, Tom? Do we have a level of concern on that? Well, we don't really know right now. The Saints aren't giving us much information, but they don't seem overly concerned at this time. Um, you know, a lot of times these guys will get nicked up like this, and it's it's the preseason. Like, why risk them? Why not just let them get healthy? The thing that I, I am particularly interested here is I want to know if this is the same leg that his ankle surgery was on. Um, I was tweeting about this quite a bit last night. And we've talked, Joe, we've talked so many times on this show how previous ankle injuries can impact mechanics going forward. They can render someone more likely to have a, another issue in the leg. It can be anywhere from the knee to the hip to the back, et cetera. So I'm really interested in, is this the same side that he had his ankle injury in? Um, like I said, we've talked about how after ankle surgeries, People generally don't fully regain their range of motion in that ankle. They certainly can, but they often don't. And that will impact things from a shock absorption standpoint, but also will impact the glute muscle's ability to activate. And when the glute isn't functioning properly, the hamstring will compensate. And um, that can often lead to injuries. Now, like I said, we don't know the severity, but we do know that a previous hamstring injury increases the re-injury rate by 2.7 times, particularly when it's in a shorter time frame. Um, and the data that we have on these receivers, they average missing 1.9 games to a hamstring injury. 
And the first game back, they're usually pretty impacted, averaging 2.8 points per game less than their pre-injury average. And only 25% of wide receivers met or exceeded their pre-injury points per game in that first game back. But after the first game, they they tend to come back to their mean um, as far as points per game go. So if this is somewhat severe, I mean, it doesn't sound like it is, but let's say it lingers into the season a little bit. It may impact him a little bit in the first couple of games, um, but and it also could lead to uh, more injuries going forward. But that being said, it doesn't sound too severe, and I'm still so high on him, and I hope that this knocks his ADP down so I can get him at a better value. So your flag is still sternly planted in the Michael Thomas. Very much so. Okay. Tom's still in on him. Okay, let's turn to Sam Yu with the Bucks. I mean, obviously always a Super Bowl contender when you have Tom Brady, but their, their season is slowly, hasn't even started yet, but turning into an early dumpster fire. We had Tom Brady taking some personal time off. Obviously, he was uh, on the mask singer or something of, of that nature. Uh, we cannot confirm or deny that report. But Tom Brady taking some time away. Now he's back. But in terms of injuries, Pro Bowl center Ryan Jensen had some knee swelling. Aaron Stinney toward his ACL and his MCL. Tristan Wirfs left Thursday's game or his, his joint practice actually with the Titans with a strained oblique. Tons of injuries on that team. Sam, do we have implications here on any of these guys, especially their offensive line? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there's definitely uh, a lot going on here. Uh, just tons of injuries, and it's so unfortunate to see with uh, a promising kind of O-line there. But uh, as we start out with, uh, like you said, Ryan Jensen, they just there's not much out there on what exactly he has going on. Um, all I've really been able to see is that he has a significant injury, uh, and they're just describing his knee swelling. Um, I, I read a report saying, from their coach saying that they don't even know if he actually will come back this season. Um, they said, if he comes back, it'll probably be at least a couple months. So it's hard to know exactly what's going on there. Uh, could be a meniscus thing. Could be like a PCL maybe uh, because that wouldn't necessarily require surgery similar to Zeke last year. But if he's having swelling, then there's definitely going to be something that's keeping him out from practice. Cause you just can't push through that. <clears throat> Uh, unfortunately for Stinney, as you mentioned, torn ACL and MCL. So we know right away he's, he's done better luck next year. Um, so we're gonna have to see what they, what they can do to fill in for him there. Uh, who else we got? looks like we had. The other guy was Tristan Wirfs. Yeah. He left uh, Thursday's joint practice with the Titans with a strained oblique. They're calling him day to day, but there's still looks like no big diagnosis or real one yet, but yeah, uh, a major player for them. Yeah, sounds like, I mean, if he's, if he's listed as day-to-day and it's just a strained oblique there, I wouldn't anticipate too many problems for him into the season, but we just have to keep an eye on that one. Um, obliques can be tricky, as kind of Tom mentioned in the past with, like, the the hernia issue with uh, <clears throat> Ken Walker. Anything that's in the core is just going to be activated with any movement you do, so that's going to just be a real tough thing to come back from sometimes. All right, so Buck's reeling a little bit. I mean, Tom Brady, what is he, 44, 45 years old? I mean, he, I feel like, never plays behind a bad offensive line. This might be the first year where he does have a line in shambles. Could see some implications here in terms of the talent players, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, um, Leonard Fournette, you know. So that's definitely something for us to keep an eye on. We'll give you guys updates as well on their offensive line. But 
Doesn't sound too promising at Tampa Bay as of right now. Thanks, Sam. So a couple more for you guys. So Miles Sanders, a Philly guy, hasn't practiced, Tom, um, hamstring. I feel like he hasn't practiced in forever. A guy who definitely been slipping in drafts. I mean, every time I look at him, I immediately say pass, but he still hasn't practiced in a long time. What's his deal, Tom? Yeah, so he hasn't practiced since, I think, before their first preseason game. Uh, Sirianni, the coach, says that they're just being cautious and they're not super concerned and that he should be ready for week one. Um, <clears throat> but let's let's remember, he's got some competition in that backfield. Like Kenneth Gainwell is coming on hard. Boston Scott is very underrated, but every time he gets the ball, he seems to, to make a play and produce. And Hertz is there as well as a runner to vulture some touchdowns. Um, we already talked about what the statistics for receivers coming back from hamstring injuries look like, but for running backs, the average missing 2.5 games, but surprisingly they are not affected from a fantasy production standpoint when they return in the first game back, they average almost the exact same amount of points per game and 42% of them meet or exceed their previous average. And in games two at two to three back, 73, 73% of them have met or exceeded their pre-injury average. Um, so from a production standpoint, they don't seem to be too impacted when they return. But again, they're missing more games than receivers, and we know that that re-injury risk is there. Sounds not great for Sanders. The guy was already fading. I mean, can't catch the ball. Seems like he's a zero in the passing game. I mean, I'm, if, I think if you want a stake in that backfield, like you said, Tom, taking a guy like maybe Gainwell a little bit later, Boston Scott, not sure if he's draftable, but every time I watch uh, the red zone, I feel like Boston Scott is just fa falling his way into the end zone and crushing your hopes if you're a Miles Sanders owner. So some more concerns there. Okay, so two more for us. Sam, we're going to go back to you for this one. Logan Thomas of the Commander's tight end was just activated from the pup um, off an ACL injury. Heard it last year, a little bit later, week 13. What are our implications and thoughts for Logan, uh, Logan Thomas? Yeah, I mean, it's great to see that he's uh, finally come off the pup. It's definitely a step in the right direction. Um, I'd still be kind of surprised if he was ready to go right away for week one, given that he's just now coming off the pup. And there's, I mean, there's still a little bit of time for him to get ready, but there's really not, not a whole lot left. Um, unfortunately, we don't have a great amount of data on tight ends coming back from an ACL tear. Uh, really the only one we have that actually returned to play was Hunter Henry back in the 2018 season. Um, and he came back at about 33 weeks after his injury. Um, but when we compare that to wide receivers per se, they're on average coming back about 49 weeks after their injury. So given that he tore it in week 13, he's definitely still got, probably a ways to go before he's really back to that level where he was competing at before, but it's definitely, it's certainly a promising sign. So if you want to take like a real late round flyer on him, but probably not even really worth it, probably worth just wait and see if he wait until he's ready, pick him up off waivers down the road. Yeah. guy. I mean, I don't even know if he's being drafted. If, if he is, it's going to be real late, but yeah. could be a little bump up for other commanders, pass catcher. They're just a team that, that interests me so much because Got some talent there. I mean, you have big names. You have Terry McLaurin. They drafted rookie Dotson. Gibson, who is just getting hammered on Twitter. Everywhere you look, they're saying Gibson's on the kickoff and how rookie Brian Robinson's coming. And that's going to be a, a team to watch this year just in terms of who kind of emerges. I know Tom's mentioned J.D. McKissick in some of our shows, but interesting implications there. With Logan Thomas hurt, we could see some step up and more volume for 
Scary Terry and maybe for Dotson as well, even Curtis Samuel, guys like that. We'll see how Wentz can lead the commanders. And then our last injury report. What were you going to say, Tom? I was just saying, I like McLaurin a lot this year. I mean, I he's demonstrated that the talent is there. He's just never had a reliable quarterback thrown to him. And, and Wentz is not great by any means, but he is an upgrade to what McLaurin has had in his career thus far. Um, McLaurin's going about round four is where I'm seeing him right now. And I'm comfortable taking him there. He's a guy I would love to see one day play with like a high end quarterback. Imagine you had Terry lined up with like Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball or like a Justin Herbert type or anybody like that. He would be probably drafted in the first or second round because he of his would, talent. Yeah. He would really be scary. Terry then actually scary Terry. Okay. And then some Patriot Northeast love here for you, Sam. Taekwon Thornton. Oh, yeah. So he's a he's a Patriots rookie wide receiver. Probably more implications for dynasty leagues, but he was drafted in the second round. Fastest wide receiver in the draft this year. Uh, broke his collarbone. Sam is you done for the year? Is this something that he could come back from for the Patriots, or, or what are we looking at there? Yeah, right now um, all the reports are generally saying about eight weeks. Um, and in kind of clinical experience, it tends to be right around that time frame, whether he's got, whether he's going to have surgery or not, they haven't said anything about it yet, as far as I was able to tell. Um, but definitely not necessarily done for the year, but being a rookie, he's definitely going to be kind of pushed down that depth chart a little bit. Um, so if anything, it just makes a little less competition for the other guys in the wide receiver room. Um, but I wouldn't be necessarily drafting him anyway even if he didn't have the injury. So I guess we'll have to see what, what he can make out of it in the dynasty aspect. Okay. Yeah. I feel like he's a guy you're not drafting and redraft now, especially right. a rookie missing eight weeks, but listen, dynasty, you kind of yeah, stash him tough. for the future. We'll see what happens. Yeah, so that long- is our roundup. That is our, uh, what were you going to say, Sam finish up? Uh, yeah. Long-term. I mean, he should be fine. That's not an injury that I would be really concerned about years down the road. So that is our injury roundup now to the meat. And the bones of the show here, the mock draft. So listen, guys, we're about a week away here. It's starting to, it's starting to feel real. I'm doing mock drafts every day. You're recording August 22nd. We're pretty close to, to real drafts coming up. So what we're going to do today is use the sleeper app. Uh, we're going to go half point PPR, 12 team. We're going to do one quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, a flex, a tight end, and four bench spots. We're not going to be drafting a defense or a kicker today. We'll see who gets the best team. So I'm going to be drafting from the second spot. Sam from the seven and Tom from the 11. We'll take you through our picks. We'll talk to you guys about who we like, who we don't like, who we might be fading or who we might be taking at their ADPs. And we'll see you wind up with the best team. Ready, fellas? All right, let's do it. All right, let's go. The draft has officially started. So first pick goes Christian McCaffrey. I'm on the clock here. I think the entire world wants me to take JT. We just had Frank on our last show who loves Justin Jefferson. I love Justin Jefferson so much. Uh, they're both so safe. They're Are both you so going to do it? I thought JT gonna was going to go it, first. Joe? I thought JT was going to go first. And you I was going to 100% take Jefferson because I didn't want McCaffrey. Oh. I got to go Taylor. I cannot let JT slip to pick number three. So I'll take Jonathan Taylor at the second pick. Okay. So off the board so far, we have McCaffrey, JT. Derrick Henry goes third. Dalvin Cook is four. We have a little receiver run here at five and six with Cup and Jefferson. Sam, you're on the clock at seven. What are we doing? Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to go with Chase, you know. He's been doing pretty well this year. Uh, Doing super well last year. I like the exciting wide receiver in the first round, so let's do it. 
Upside, upside, Chase. Okay, so after Chase goes Eckler, Najee Harris, and ooh, Devontae Adams snipe in the first round, 10th pick overall. Tom, you're looking at a pretty appealing board right now. What are we thinking at pick 11? So we're looking at Nixon, Diggs, Kelsey, Swift, Chubb. Uh, Joe, we talked uh, last episode, we talked about guys that we like to outperform their ADP. And one of mine is looking at me right in the face here. He's gets the ball a lot. The O-line is improved. The offense is elite. The team's going to be up and needing to run the ball out. And he catches the ball. I'm going to take Joe Mixon right here. I feel like Mixon in the 11th is an absolute steal. Love what Team 12 did there. They grabbed on the turn Swift and Diggs. Back up to you, Tom. So already with Mixon in your pocket. What are we doing here for round two? So I've already got a running back. I like taking a running back in the first round because now I feel like I'm flexible. I can take another running back, a receiver. I could even go Travis Kelsey right here. I'm not going to do that, though. So I'm looking at Kelsey, Chubb, Lamb, Kamara, Tyreek Hill. But then if we scroll down a little bit farther, there's a guy that, Joe, I know you love. I know you love him a lot. He's a running back who's two years removed from an ACL surgery. He's got no competition in his backfield. He's got an improved offensive line, a coach that we think actually knows how to coach, and he's going to be on the field every down. He's got RB1 overall potential, Saquon Barkley. Uh, Tom talking dirty to me, dirty to me here on a Monday night. I mean, you just started your team in a 12-team league with Joe Mixon and Saquon Barkley. It's wild. That, that's, that's a high upside team right there. I see Sam getting a little nervous in his chair over there. He doesn't seem to. Uh, nah, I'm too not nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Sam doesn't get too worried. All right. So listen, uh, second round here after Barkley goes Kelsey, then CD Lamb, and then a first quarterback off the board, Josh Allen. Back to you, Sam. You already have Jamar Chase in your pocket. Who are we going with? Yeah, I mean, uh, right now, when I made my first pick at wide receiver, I was kind of hoping uh, one of these few running backs would fall back to me in the second. Uh, so here I'm going to take uh, Kamara. I mean, he's a guy that last year he was being drafted around the third spot, and now people are dropping him down to the second round just because of that fear of suspension. But it doesn't sound like that's really going to happen this year. So I think he's all I'm all in on him. I think a lot of people are really worried about the impending suspension, but I mean, the court has already been, you know, pushed back to September guy with top five upside right there, taking him along with chase looks pretty darn good to me. So after Camaro goes, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Tyree kill Debo Samuel. That brings me on the board already with JT have my RB one. Wow. This is an interesting spot. There's so much talent left on the board. You could go with the Mark Andrews at tight end. There's some really good receivers and Evans and Brown. I'm looking, though, at a guy who I think should be drafted early in the second round, and I'm going to grab Fournette here. I feel like there's not many red flags there. Last year, the guy had almost 18 touches a game. Ronald Jones is gone. High-powered offense. He was top two running back overall in the final 11 games. I mean, yeah, another year older, but fire me up for Fournette. I'll take him as my RB2. Now, Joe, let me ask you this. We started the show talking about the injuries and a lot of the ones we talked about were on Fournette's offensive line. How do you think that impacts Fournette's outlook? It's a great question. So I don't think Tom Brady would play under a bad offensive line. I don't know what you Brady think does. You'd go back into retirement. <laughs> I don't know what Brady does, but no matter where he plays, the offensive line that he puts together is good. I don't know what he says in the huddle to these guys. I don't know what he does off the field. 
But Tom Brady's old, man. He's not going to play behind a line that that's not strong. He's going to find a way to get it done for his team. Um, you know, some of the injury news look pretty positive to me. I know there's a couple of guys out, but I'm not overly concerned with it. So here's one thing that I thought when I started seeing all those offensive line injuries pile up. Brady is the king of getting the ball out fast. So to me, I think in some weird way, I think this could actually benefit Fournette because we know that he's a good pass catcher. His yards per carry will probably go down and his yard rushing yards will go down. But I think his targets may increase and we know that targets are more valuable than carries anyway. Absolutely. And he's going to probably get a ton of them. So that's the hope. Okay. I am back on the clock here. So after me at Fournette, we had Javante Williams go. I would have liked to have him. Then AJ Brown. I am up with 20 seconds left. I already have two running backs. I want Connor, but I feel like I should go with a receiver here. My team might be the safest, highest floor team ever if I do this, but I'm going to go with Keenan Allen here. All reliable guy who's going to get the ball a ton with a stud quarterback and a high-powered offense. I like my team so far. Maybe the upside isn't through the roof, but JT, Fournette, and Keenan Allen, I'm feeling pretty comfortable. So after him goes Mark Andrews, Mike Evans, Zeke, Patrick Mahomes, and back to you, Sam, with Jamar Chase and Kamara. Yeah, you know, I was really hoping either uh, Zeke or Mark Andrews would somehow make it back to me, but I didn't really have much high hopes for that. Um, so I don't know. I got to take a look and see who's left for wide receivers. There's T. Higgins, McLaurin, Pittman. I like all those guys around that time, that slot. Um, but I think I may just go with James Conner here. <clears throat> he's a guy that I feel like he's got definitely some good upside. Then I get my two running backs kind of set up. Good to go. We'll see what happens next round. Kamara, Connor Chase. Yeah, I was looking at Connor. I was looking at T. Higgins. Um, I think that's a really good pick, Connor. A lot of a lot of floor there, mixed with some upside there. We talked extensively about how Edmonds is gone and, and how well he performed last year without Edmonds. So love the pick there. Then goes Tom's boy, Kyle Pitts. Tom, are you looking at him? Yeah, I'm sad. I love me some Kyle Pitts all the emotions here in this draft. So Pitts is gone. Then there goes uh, a, a guy that the show hates, Cam Akers, and then a guy the show loves, Travis Etienne. So talk about a roller coaster of emotions before Tom's pick. By the way, we, we don't hate him personally. We just don't think that he's going to return a third-round ADP this year. Not at all. Thank you for correcting that, Tom. We don't need players coming at us. I think you're great people. I think you guys work hard and you're superior athletes. We don't like you at your ADP. <laughs> okay, Tom, back to you. Two running backs with... I already hate looking at your team. Mixon and Barkley first two rounds. What are we doing round three? Yeah, so I'm feeling pretty good at running back. I I I like to keep things balanced unless there's another third running back just slapping me in the face, which I don't see right now. Montgomery's the top running back left. Brees Hall. I don't really love either of them in the third round. So we're looking at wide receivers. We've got T. Higgins. We've got Terry McLaurin. We've got Michael Pittman. Um, all of them are great. They really are. We, I already talked about how I like McLaurin this year. I just think that's a little early for him. I know a lot of people are really high on T. Higgins and for good reason. But to me, um, Michael Pittman, he started a breakout last year. and He's got an upgrade at quarterback now and Matt Ryan, who all he does is provide for wide receiver ones. So I'm going to go ahead and take Michael Pittman. My good friend Jesse is somewhere listening, getting very excited. He loves Michael Pittman, as we all do. Tom, were you 
between him and Higgins, would you, so since you already have Mixon, were you hesitant to take Higgins because they're on the same offense or did you just really like Pittman more? Um, I've done that before. I've had a running back and receiver on the same team and it can work. Uh, it definitely can work. The offense has to be high powered, which the Bengals likely will be. Um, Cause if it's, if it's an average offense, I mean, you can really hurt yourself there by doing that, but uh, I, I don't think that played a, a role in my decision right now. Okay. I think I would take Pittman over him as well. So at the turn, at the three, four turn here, T Higgins goes right after Tom and then another tight end off the board, George Kittle and right back in your kitchen, Tom, you are up again. Yeah. So um, we're looking at Herbert, Montgomery, McLaurin, Waller, Deontay Johnson, Brees Hall. I'm not ready to take a quarterback early. I just, there's so much depth at quarterback this year more than ever. I will not be taking a quarterback early, probably in any drafts. Um David Montgomery is he's that not sexy pick that just always seems to produce. Um, but I've already got two absolute horses at running back. So I think I'm going to go ahead and take Terry McLaurin. I was already talking about how Wentz is a huge upgrade for, even though Wentz is not great, he's a huge upgrade for what McLaurin has had. And I just, the talent is just undeniable with Terry McLaurin. I think he has his best season yet. Can't stay away from the talent. And, uh, don't want to admit this too early, but already through four rounds, Tom's team is looking pretty strong. I hate to hype you up like that, but Mixon, Barkley, well, thank you, Joe McLaurin, pretty darn good. The I got, nicest I got... thing you ever said to me, <laughs> except you got great <laughs> hair. I'll, I'll give you the great hair thing. That's about all else. But uh, you know, well, thank you. I'll take that too. <laughs> all right. So after McLaurin goes Brees Hall, definitely an upside pick there. Deontay Johnson off the board, and there goes David Montgomery at the four five. Sam, you're up again at the four six. Yeah, so here I was still kind of looking at running back, wide receiver in my head before Tom made his picks. I was considering maybe taking Brees Hall for that upside and that unknown potential there, especially with Zach Wilson kind of hurting his knee a little bit. If he is the starter, he might not be running as much, might be handing it off more, dumping it off a little bit. Um, but I think looking at the wide receiver board here, I'm going to go down a little bit and take uh, Mike Williams. Uh, I think he's a big upside kind of guy and people forget the last year in like week five I believe it was when he started seeing a decline in his production that was when he had injured his knee so assuming his knee is hopefully back to 100% by now which it should be he should be ready to rip yeah funny enough Mike Williams when he got injured last year that's when I traded for him I didn't think much of the injury and he kind of screwed me but he's so good he's like a weird mix between a guy who gets downfield usage and red zone targets Last year, I just got some stuff on him. So Williams was top 10 in deep targets per game, had 23 red zone targets, eight of them were within the five-yard line. Only Cooper Cup saw more than that. So where you just got him in your fourth round right there, I think Williams is a pretty good pick. I'm feeling Definitely. generous today, giving the, boy, giving the boy some props. Definitely a high upside pick there. Love upside, upside, upside. Okay, so concluding our fourth round, we got DJ Moore, then Justin Herbert, DK Metcalf, Lamar Jackson. I am up at the 411. Got my two running backs, got JT and Fournette, got Keenan Allen. Looking at another receiver here, I don't love the running backs on the board. Definitely don't want Gibson, Mitchell, I'm fading. Dobbins injury concerns, Jacobs don't love. Quarterback tight end, I'm not really interested in, so I'm at receiver. And I'm between Sutton and Waddle. I love Sutton, but give me Waddle. I have to take Waddle this year. I like him a lot. I think Tyreek Hill coming in only helps him. 
rookie record, 104 catches last year. He's a damn good NFL wide receiver at 142 targets, 93% more than any other wide receiver in Miami. It's not going to continue with Tyreek, but he's a damn good player. And I needed some guy with a little bit of upside there. I think the question there is, do you trust Tua to be able to perfect? He, you know that Tyreek's going to demand his targets. Do you trust Tua to be able to produce the volume for both of them? It's definitely a valid question. And obviously, since I picked him, the answer is yes. I mean, I've heard a lot of good things about Tua in the offseason, seeing that he throws a little bit better of a deep ball. I think he's going to progress, take a big step forward this year, as at least as a pass thrower. We know his rushing is there. Um, I think he can provide for two. So I'm pretty confident in Waddle this year. And I think that offense is going to be pretty good this year with bringing in Chase Edmonds too. So that'll conclude the fourth. So Darren Waller goes, then goes Cortland Sutton. And I'm back on the board. I got two running backs, two receivers. Gosh, I can go anywhere with this. Uh, tight end, I really don't want. Why, uh, quarterback, I could take Kyler. I could take Tom's guy and Michael Thomas. I'm going to go with what I think is a little bit of a reach here at his ADP, a guy that probably goes later. But I'm going to take the guy with the biggest quads in football, probably besides for Saquon Barkley and take AJ Dillon. I I like Dillon a lot. I mean, I think early fifth is a little bit of a reach for him, but we've already seen like today on, on sleeper, I got a notification that said LaFleur wants to make Aaron Jones and and AJ Dillon, their one a and one B Dillon was already damn good last year. So at my flex, I'll take a guy that that could probably be a running back too this year. So it, it's the best backfield in the league, and they're both independently going to have RB one weeks, and probably a lot of them. Um, I, I think he's both safe every week with tremendous upside if Jones goes down. I think him and and Jones, and then you have Pollard and Zeke is another really great backfield. But I think these two take the cake. So. After that, we have J.K. Dobbins, Josh Jacobs, Amari Cooper, Antonio Gibson. Back to you, Sam, round five. Yeah, so kind of like you mentioned there earlier, I could go with the QB, maybe Kyler or something like that, but I think I'm just going to keep riding this train, keep going with the the wide receivers here. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Allen Robinson. I like his upside as well over in uh, with the Rams. Even though he's going to be the number two guy there, I think he's still tons of potential. How are you feeling about that, Tom? Allen Robinson, you like that pick? I think it's a tremendous pick. I mean, we saw that the Rams – hey, no problem. We saw that the Rams (laughs) can feed two receivers year in and year out. I mean, I think Allen Robinson's better than Robert Woods, and Robert Woods has been consistently finishing between wide receiver 15 and 20 over the last several years. Um, And a lot of those were with Jared Goff and not Matt Stafford. Um, we've talked about there's there's some concern for Stafford's elbow. It seems the chatter seems to be dying down on that. But we've talked about how elbows don't really get better with throwers, or at least it, they a lot of times don't get better. But I mean, he's a tough quarterback. He can probably play through it. It probably at least early in the season won't impact his performance, and and we'll see how it is later in the season. Yeah, I mean, still only 28 years old. I mean, the Rams paid him big. They have to have a big plan for him. The guy stunk last year. It's a matter of, I don't know if he was trying. I mean, bad quarterback play, but listen, in his spot, Woods finished top 10 almost every season in that role. I think Robinson's better than him. Um, Stafford was the number one quarterback against man coverage. We talked about his issues a little bit injury-wise, but 
Robinson's a strong pick there, and I like him going in the fifth round. So after Robinson, we have Elijah Mitchell off the board, Marquise Brown, Joe Cool, Joey Burrow. Back to you, Tom, at 5'11". Yeah, so this is prime range for my guy that I'm planting my flag on. I don't like him early in the fifth round just because I know you can get him later. Um, we, we talked about the hamstring injury at the beginning of the show. It doesn't sound like it's serious so far. But, of course, there is injury risk there, more so than with, with many other players. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and take my league winner, Michael Thomas. League winner. Michael Thomas, wow, you heard it here bold. first. Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, out, out of six shows, I think Thomas said league winner, Michael Thomas. I'm going to say over 10 times. So we're going to hold you to this, Tom. <laughs> oh, man, he better not let me down. Uh, it's going to be every day. Anytime he scores, it's going to be Tom <laughs> celebrating. Anytime he has a bad game, it's going to be uh, Tom hibernating until at least uh, Tuesday or Wednesday of that week. All right, so almost halfway through our draft, after Thomas goes Chris Godwin and CEH, Back to you, Tom. So far, you have Joe Mixon, Barkley, Pittman, Terry McLaurin, and the league winner himself, Michael Thomas. You're on the clock. Yes. So we're looking at top of the draft board. We got Jerry Judy, Dalton Schultz, Kyler Murray, TJ Hawkinson, Brandon Cooks, Jalen Hurts. Um, I'm feeling pretty good about my receiving core right now. I've still got those two horses at running back, but I could add to that. Do not like the tight ends here at all. Um, I know I said I'm not taking quarterbacks early, but I think sixth round is kind of my line of demarcation where if there is an elite quarterback that can finish QB one, I'll take him there. So then it's, is it Kyler Murray or is it Jalen Hurts? To me, as an Eagles fan, I want to believe in Jalen Hurts. I just can't fully believe in him. (laughs) As a pull as a the trigger, th- Tom, give us a little home love here. As a thrower, Man. I just don't know that he's got it. I, he's gotten better every week, but I don't think he's there yet. But Kyler is. Kyler is an elite thrower, an elite runner, and has a tremendous supporting staff to throw to. Even with Hopkins being out for Yikes. whatever it is, six weeks. Yes. Sam's a little turned off by the pick there, but I, I like how you talked about how they, they both do have that rushing floor. I think the difference between when you're picking between two of them is it's true. Jalen Hurts is not a proven successful thrower of the football. Yeah, he gets you there with his legs, but Kyler can do both. Definitely more of a dual threat quarterback. So I think, you know, I'm picking from there in my home league. I think I'm pretty comfortable going with the quarterback there. Maybe if it's one of those two, definitely Kyler if he's there. So there goes his quarterback. Then goes Jerry Judy, Dalton Schultz, Darnell Mooney. We're back to you, Sam. We're looking at quarterback. Or are we going elsewhere? Oh yeah, I was hoping you were going to take Kyler Murray because I wanted Jalen Hurts. Uh-huh, so there it I'm is. taking him right now. I mean, so, the guy who he did so well last year. He can run. He can throw. I don't. I mean, he can throw at least the ball. He's got AJ Brown now, so he's got to do well. I'd, I'd hope he'd be throwing a ball. I don't know what else he would be throwing. <laughs> Sounds like another, we got to keep track. We need like someone to keep track of all of our side bets on the show. I think you guys are going to have to take a bet on who has more fantasy points this year between Murray and, uh, and Hertz. I'll gladly do that. Sounds good. Okay. We will discuss after the show. Maybe we'll have our listeners decide what we're betting for, whether it's $5 or a a new car or $200 or or whatever it might be, (laughs) but okay. Still no quarterback for me. All right. After Hertz goes TJ Hawkinson. I think it's a little bit early for him, but Six seven, he's off the board. Nonetheless, Juju, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Brandon Cooks, and I am on the board at six eleven. 
have my team pretty much set up. Obviously, no tight end, no kicker. I have two running backs, three running backs, two receivers. Quarterback, I got old man Brady available. I got Russell Wilson, Trey Lance, the tight ends, Goddard, Gasicki. I'm not really interested in. With all that said, I'm going to go with Rashad Bateman here. Um, Hollywood was number nine in targets last year. I think Bateman steps in to the wide receiver one role. You know, Lamar Jackson is, is maybe not the best thrower of the quarterback, but I think Bateman should get a ton of volume, a lot of vacated targets. Um, I really like Bateman, especially being my first guy on my bench. I'll take that any day. We talked a lot about this guy, man. He's so good. He's super talented. All those vacated targets with Brown being gone steps right into the wide receiver one role. I mean, he was a highly touted college player. Um, I think this year he really steps up. And if I could get him to be a flex for me or a first guy off my bench, I'm going to take Bateman right there. And that's an amazing, amazing value. Back of the sixth for the wide receiver one. I mean, Jackson's not the most prolific thrower, but he can at least provide for a tight end. And, and uh, Hollywood Brown was the wide receiver five at one point last year. So, I mean, he, he can provide at least for one receiver. And I'm hoping that one receiver is Bateman. <laughs> so we shall see. All right, guys, before my next pick, just wanted to talk about a podcast that, that us here at Fantasy Injury Team absolutely love. He's a friend of the show. Podcast is called Cash That Podcast. It's on Spotify run by one of our really good friends, a friend of the show, amazing guy, amazing sports knowledge. His name is Joe Delera. He's an NBA writer for Action Network and NBA.com. It's an amazing listen. They give you tons of great bets. They talk mostly about NBA games, but they give you prop bets, stuff to bet every night, sometimes baseball with football season coming up. I'm sure they'll have a ton of bets there. Check them out, guys. Once again, it's Cash That Podcast on Spotify. They're an awesome listen. Want to make a couple extra bucks? Check them out. Throw some bets in, have some fun. Once again, that's Cash That Podcast. So I'm back on the clock here after Bateman goes Thielen, then Russell Wilson. I'm on the clock here at 7-2, still without a quarterback. I could take Trey Lance here with Russell Wilson. Kind of think I would have taken Russell Wilson there. 7-2. Tough, tough, tough. I'm going to go early. I'm going to go with it. I'm going to take Trey Lance at the 7-2. I think it's early, but... I don't think he's making it back to me. I think he's the that, guy that that's a guy whose ADP is rising quickly. I I wouldn't be surprised if he's going seventh, sixth round in two weeks from now when most drafts are going on. Yeah, I feel like I reached a little bit, but I like him there. I mean, I would have taken Russell Wilson. I think he's definitely more floor, but I think Lance brings you that floor every single week with his rushing and just the weapons around him. Like, guy has IU, Debo Samuel, and Kittle. I mean, all he has to do is get these guys the ball. They're going to make the plays. So I don't love Lance at the ADP there, but picking at two, I don't think he was going to get back to me. So I'm going to lock in my surefire quarterback there, taking Lance. So after that, we have Damian Harris, Drake London, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Sanders. Sam, you are on the clock at 7-7. Seven, seven. Yeah. Since uh, so I got my quarterback last round, I'm probably looking back at running back and tight end again, or running back and wide receiver, not really looking – too much at tight end right now. Um, pretty much just trying to decide if I want to take Kareem Hunt or go back with wide receiver and keep going with Gabe Davis right here. Um, I think I need to kind of stabilize my running back room a little bit. And Kareem Hunt's just, even though he's the number two guy, he's always he's always up there at the end of the season. So I'm going to keep going with him. 
I think best case there for you might even be that he gets traded. I was seeing stuff that what teams were looking. I mean, everybody's kind of looking at him because he's super talented, but you could either hope for him to get traded and have huge upside or kind of where you got him there, Sam. I mean, yeah, that's, that's right. That's solid. I mean, the floor is, yeah, is I'll take it. Pick. So Kareem hunt, very consistent performer. So after him goes Gabe Davis, old man, Brady, and then the new wide receiver one, probably in green Bay, Alan Lazard off the board right before Tom. You're up, my brother. 7-Eleven. So I've got Joe Mixon, Saquon Barkley, Michael Pittman, Terry McLaurin, Michael Thomas, Kyler Murray, and my team is already on fire. And I stop rubbing it in our face and make your damn pick, Tom. (laughs) Um, uh, Really, I'm just taking best player available right now. Um, Not really concerned about position. See Dallas Goddard. Kenneth Walker, who we've talked about, he's coming off the hernia. I know they're optimistic he'll play week one. I don't think that's going to happen. I I put out a tweet last night about the time frame of recovery. Four to six weeks. Four weeks would be actually after week one. Six weeks would be after week three, getting ready for week four. Uh, Quarterell Patterson, I don't love the upside. Zach Ertz, Tony Pollard. I think at this pick right here, um, I know some people have been fading him this year, but this guy is incredibly talented. His quarterback, who while may not be the greatest thrower, is very good, at least at getting his tight end the ball. Dallas Goddard, I'm going to go ahead and take him. Um, I think he's got a real chance of finishing in the top five at the position this year. He's just a really, really, really good athlete. He can get down the field. He can get in the end zone. He can catch high volume. Um, I think A.J. Brown takes more from Devontae Smith than he does from Dallas Goddard. A little worried about Jalen Hurts as the thrower. Not so worried about Dallas Goddard. Correct. Fair enough, Tom, to each his own. All right. After him goes Dak Prescott and then another Philly guy, Devontae Smith. And just like that, you're back on the clock, Tom. Yeah. So now I'm looking at a particular running back that our, our, um, our guest last week is just in love with. And he's sitting here in the eighth round. He's a starting running back who went on an unbelievable run and was a league winner at the end of last season. And I just talked about how his counterpart likely won't be ready until week three or four. I'm going to go ahead and take Rashad Penny. Had a feeling you were going with that. And somewhere Frank from last week is, uh, is cheering, is screaming, is yelling. He's the conductor of the uh, Rashad Penny train. But yeah, I mean, even with Walker going down, I think to get a running back one in the eighth round, you're going to take that every single time. So, Tom, you want to trade teams? <laughs> uh, um, no, I don't think so. I'm going to have to pay some people to, uh, to vote for my team, I think, or make 30 Twitter accounts so I can start getting some votes here. So Penny goes off the board, a couple rounds left, only three, three and a half rounds left. So Cordero Patterson goes, Chase Edmonds at eight, four Hunter Renfro off the board. And Sam, you are up at the eight, six. Uh, yeah, I don't, and considering here again, running back, wide receiver, tight end, I might actually do the tight end thing, try to get that done and over with and, that I don't have to worry about for the rest of the draft. I was actually really hoping to get Penny back here. So you sniped him right from in front of me. And if that didn't happen, I was going to go with Chase Edmonds, and that happened too. So before you just missed both of them. Yeah, that's tough. You should really get better at drafting. I guess so, huh? And that's why it's a mock draft. Time got got plenty of time here. So here I think what I'm going to do is go with Dawson Knox. I mean, he did – really well last year he ended up putting up pretty good numbers throughout the season so we'll see what happens again with him are you at all worried about touchdown regression yeah i mean 
certainly a possibility, but when you've got Josh Allen throwing you the ball, they're going to get to the red zone so many times in the season. So not, not too worried about it. All right. So knocks off the board. Traylon Burks, the rookie specimen who people are talking so much about, goes next. Ken Walker, Zach Ertz, Brandon Ayuka. Guys, remember, we're not drafting a defense or kicker. With a little over three rounds left, I am up at the 8-11. Still with no tight end, I think at this point, with Gasicki, Fryermuth, Albert O, Cole Komet, Irv Smith, Hunter Henry on the board, I think I'm just going to punt it. I don't see other teams taking two of them, so I'm just going to kind of try to snag that coming back. And I'm going to take a guy who I think has potential to be the RB1 on his own team this year, Ramondre Stevenson. I mean, I think he was in the doghouse a little bit last year with Belichick, got out of it, now getting a ton of reps in with the first team. Harris, I think touchdown regression is coming aggressively for, and at 8-11, if I can get a guy, I mean, talked about how my team is very safe with JT and Fournette and Allen. I think Stevenson kind of brings me that balance of upside and a guy who could turn into not an RB1, but an RB1 on his team and hopefully give me, you know, a floor of running back two or, or even flex appeal at some point this year. And let's remember, James White just retired and all the reports are saying that Ramondre has taken over that receiving role as well. And we know that he can run too. So he, can, he might be on the field a whole lot. He's a big boy. He can run. He can catch. I'll take him right there as one of my first bench spots. So guys, before our last three rounds, do you love your golf coach, but wish the customer experience was more modern and seamless? Try a Struzy. Talk about it a lot at the show. It's a great, innovative golf coach business management platform designed for players and their coaches. Your Struzy player locker makes applying your training material super easy by organizing images, videos, and training notes in chronological order by some processing and chat. After downloading Struzy from the Apple App Store, Invite your coach during account setup. That is Struzzi, ladies and gentlemen. Three rounds left after I take big Ramondre Stevenson. Tony Pollard goes. Devin Singletary goes. I'm on the clock, and I am in a world of hurt here um, in terms of what to do. Still no tight end. I got to solidify myself a little bit of upside here. I'm going to take the wide receiver, Elijah Moore. I mean, we know there's some concerns. What is he doing Wilson. there in the ninth round? Wow. That's it. I think that's my theme right now, just kind of eating up guys that pretty wild. are available that late. So I need a little bit more upside in my life. I'm going to take more. So after more, we have Christian Kirk, Aaron Rodgers, Tyler Lockett, James Cook, and back to you, Sam. Uh, yeah, I think here I'm just going to keep going uh, with running back again. Uh, so I was hoping one of these two guys would make it back. Luckily, they both did. So I just got to pick one. Um think I'm going to go with Melvin Gordon here. I know they're kind of saying Javante Williams is supposed to be the guy, and even Melvin Gordon himself came out and said that, but he's got so much upside when he does touch the ball that I'm pretty excited for that pick in the ninth. Yeah, I mean, statistic-wise, he was just as good. I know people don't want to hear it, especially me. I'm a Javante Williams huge super fan, but he was just as good as him last year. Yeah, Javante, we want him to be the guy, but Gordon is strongly in the mix there. So to get him at 9-7, I think most people will take that. So then goes the rookie Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Matthew Stafford. Tom, you're on the clock at 9-11. So I've got my quarterback. I've got my tight end. I don't need either of those for the rest of the draft. We're not picking kickers or defenses. So it's all running backs, receivers from here. And it's just high upside players from here. At running backs, we're looking at Damian Pierce, Michael Carter, James Robinson, who we know at the fantasy injury team 
Uh, I've talked a lot about how I love, love, love him, but not this year. I'm so out on him coming off that Achilles. Um, at receiver, we are looking at Robert Woods, who's coming off the ACL himself. Now, remember, his time frame of his injury is the most advantageous for all the other receivers. But still, I don't love him. He's coming off the ACL. He's on a new team, new quarterback. A lot of chemistry still needs to be built there. Chase Claypole, Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore. I think I'm going to go ahead and take the running back for the Houston Texans. It appears to be emerging before our eyes, Damian Pierce, and get myself another starting running back, hopefully. Sounds good. You said some big names there, at least names with big upside that a lot of people like, but Pierce is a solid option there. Two rounds left, guys. After that goes Fryermuth. Oh, Sam's giving him a little love there. All right. Pat Fryermuth gone. Robert Woods gone. Two picks left for you, Tommy Boy. What are we doing? So right now I've got Mixon, Barkley, Pittman, McLaurin, Thomas, Murray, Goddard, Penny, and Pierce. Pierce. Got four running backs, three receivers. Um, I'm not one that gets too worried with the balance and numbers there as long as I like the guys that I have. Um, that being said, I think the best player available who's got – Big chance for to really break out this year. We saw a lot of talent from him when he was on the field last year. Um, he did deal with some some injuries of his own, but none that are too concerning. I'm gonna go ahead and take Kadarius Tony of the New York Giants. Talk about an upside play, and for where he's going, could be their wide receiver one. I mean, a lot of things from from camp about how Kenny Galladay's not been great, and I think we have valid concerns about Daniel Jones, but. Tony for a couple of weeks last year was tremendous. He's super fast. He's talented. I think a big upside pick there. And I think it's important. I mean, I think what you're seeing from us three, at least, and you guys should probably employ the strategy too, is just upside late, right? You got your team, you got your base. Don't take a guy that's going to sit and rot on your bench and, and be, you know, RB 35 or wide receiver 42. Take a guy like we always talk about that can jump a tier. And I think Kadarius Tony is one of those guys. So after him goes Mike Kosicki, Chase Claypool, Derek Carr off the board. Haven't seen him drafted in, in, in a while this early. And back to you, Sam. You got two picks left. All right. I think I know what I'm going to do here. Uh, so kind of as Tom mentioned right now, I have three wide receivers, four running backs. So not necessarily caring about trying to balance it out, but I would like to take another wide receiver, I guess, here if I can. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, Julio Jones here. I mean, Never in the past would you be able to get him in the 10th round. Um, and even though there is some concern for some injury with his hamstrings, I mean, they, they go all the time. But if he can hold it together for even a couple of weeks and get me some points, I think it could win me some weeks. I think he had five hamstring injuries last year. Like he injured initially and re-aggravated it four times. But like yeah, you said, seven more this year. Yeah, but like you said, even if you only get him for spurts of two or three games, if he's producing in those two or three games, that's valuable. That's finding yeah. a that's a bye week fill in, or maybe that's during the fantasy playoffs and him and Brady are trying to get the the one seed or something, and and he's really putting up points. Even if it's in a small dose, it can be valuable. I think I still need a little more selling on Julio. I'm just worried about, I remember doing some of the research for, for our injuries and he popped up like <laughs> almost on every injury, mostly hamstring, but. Well, the, the good news is in that in the 10th round, if he doesn't play out, I can just cut him. Exactly. I mean, and, and again, it goes so far that Tom Brady's throwing up the football. It's tremendous. <laughs> it's crazy to think about that. So. After that, I I get sniped at tight end. I was going to take Cole Komet. I've really dug myself a hole with tight end. Then goes a super upside guy in Sky Moore. James Robinson goes. 
Michael Carter goes, I am up at the 10-11, still without a tight end, but I really feel comfortable about the depth that I've built. Um, have my quarterback at the tight end. I'm going to take a guy that I think he's been on a lot of sleeper lists so far, Albert O. Um, again, I might have to stream tight ends taking him, but he's a guy that's with Russell Wilson now. He's super athletic. I think the little bit of concern that people saw the other day was he was playing in the fourth quarter of a preseason game, which is never good. You know, usually you, your, your best guys are benched at that point and rested, but I'm going to take a risk on him there. I already dug myself the hole at tight end. So we'll take a risk with a guy with a little bit of upside with Russell Wilson and who's super athletic like Alberto is. And I'm not even going to try to say his last name. I don't think I've tried to say it once. Tom, do you, can you, can you help us out on that one? No, no, no. I'm not even going to try. Okay, we'll, we'll let you guys at home figure out uh, the pronunciation there. So here we are, guys, into our last round. Kirk Cousins, Tyler Boyd, I'm on the clock looking to fill one more bench spot. And at this point, like Sam said, if I drop this guy that I pick, to me, it's not a big deal. This is a guy that, again, you want to try to take a risk on here. I don't have a player in mind, but I have a, a player type in mind, again, somebody that can, that can be big with some good upside. And I'm going to take the Washington running back, Brian Robinson, just because of all the report, it's not even so much about him. It's more about the negativity that I'm seeing about Antonio Gibson. Someone's got to carry the tote in Washington. It could be him. He's not a guy that's super flashy, but a guy who takes care of the ball, runs between the tackles pretty well. So that's going to round up my team with Brian Robinson. After that, some more upside guys, at least this one, George Pickens getting a ton of hype in, in training camp. Madison's off the board, Hunter Henry, Isaiah Spiller, and Sam, you're up with your last pick. Yeah, so I know what I'm going to do here. I'm going to go with uh, Daryl Henderson. I'm actually kind of shocked he made it to the last round. How rude. Uh, I wanted him. Yeah, you know, that's tough, Tom. Tom, you can't always uh, have what you want. <laughs> again, tons of upside. Cam Akers does suck like we think he will. Then this should be a great pick. That's kind of like my pick right there, taking Robinson. <laughs> a guy that like, well, the other guy kind of stinks, we think. So a guy that we think can fill in for him, Daryl Henderson. It was Tom, you could talk about it. I know you like Daryl Henderson as a player. Yeah, I talked last show. He's another one of my guys I think is going to outperform his ADP. I mean, he's he's proven to be a really good player. Last year, he started seven games or not 10 games. Seven of them, he had double-digit fantasy points. He scores. He catches the ball. He, McVay said that it's going to be a committee. Like That's just a great pick in the 11th round. He's not going to be a league winner, but he's going to be a really, really, really nice role player. Especially that late. So after him, to wrap it up, guys, Tyler Higby goes, Russell Gage goes, whose ADP was up about three rounds before the Julio Jones signing. Now we're seeing him in the 11th. MVS, and then you are up, Tom. 11-11, make a wish, your last pick. Well, we're talking upside, and I see two running backs here that I really, really like. Uh, Tyler Algier, who could emerge as the starter on a likely a bad Atlanta team, and then Kenny Gainwell, who we talked about at the beginning of the show. Miles Sanders is kind of on the hot seat there, both from an injury standpoint and just uh, is he really that good standpoint. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take Kenny Gainwell because of that. He's a guy that catches the ball. He proved last year he can run well. He can get in the end zone. Um, I, I could see him eclipsing Sanders in the starting role this year. Kenny Gainwell, good name. Guy could catch some passes there. Philly's backfield is always a little bit confusing to me. In years past, I've stayed away from their backfields and from the Patriots' backfields and Seahawks' backfields, but he's a guy with a little bit of upside like we talked about. So finishing up with Kenny Gainwell, and then after him, the last pick of the draft goes Naheem Hines. So let's take a look, fellas, real quick, little team evaluation, and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap up our show here. So... My team, I'll give you an honest grade. Quarterback Trey Lance, 
Running backs, I got JT and Fournette. Wide receiver, Keenan Allen, Jalen Waddle, and my flex, A.J. Dillon. Tight end, Alberto. My bench is Rashad Bateman, Ramondre Stevenson, Elijah Moore, and Brian Robinson. I'm weak at tight end. Otherwise, I think I'm pretty well-rounded. I'm going to give myself a B for this. I'll give myself a B. I think I got a little cocky in the beginning of the show, but I think I, I think I did okay there. Sam, why don't you take us through your team? How do you think you did? All right, at uh, quarterback, I got Jalen Hurts, and then my starting running backs, I got Alvin Kamara and James Conner, followed up with those, some wide receivers, Jamar Chase, Mike Williams, Dawson Knox in the tight end, and then my flex, I can really pick any of these guys, but I got Allen Robinson, Kareem Hunt, Melvin Gordon, Julio Jones, Daryl Henderson. I honestly love it. A+. plus. I think I did great. <laughs> wow. A plus. I had a feeling yeah. an A plus grade was coming from one of you. And the one of you I thought it was going to be was Tom, because no matter what, he's <laughs> an A plus. But you really like it. I mean, you got some really upside as balance with some floor there. I got to say, I talked a lot of crap in the beginning of the show, and I think I was out drafted here. Tom, take us through your team. What do you got? So I got Kyler Murray, Joe Mixon, Saquon Barkley, Michael Pittman, Terry McLaurin, Dallas Goddard, Michael Thomas, Rashad Penny, Damian Pierce, Kadarius Tony, Kenny Gainwell. I have a lot of guys that I really, really like. I mean, high upside, high floor. My bench is guys who, who have the potential to emerge into a starting role for their team. Joe, you're going to get two A-pluses today because I got one as well. Is there a grade higher than an A-plus that you could give yourself, Tom? A-plus-plus. <laughs> plus. A plus plus. All right. Well, you heard it here from the boys. I gave myself a B. I was trying to be a little bit humble here. Sam gives himself an A plus. <laughs> Tom gives himself an A plus. We'll put these teams up. We'll throw them on Twitter. We'll let you guys vote. We'll see what you think. Like I said, I'll be creating 15 to 20 new Twitter accounts so I can pad my stats a little bit, but that was super fun. I mean, good thing it is a mock draft because, uh, you know, I've never really drafted from the two this year, but that was a lot of fun guys. So before we wrap the show up, this is a new challenge that we're going to be starting. Tom and I thought of it. We're going to have some fun with you guys. So for our loyal listeners out there, as we continue to grow, you know, we started at 10 viewers a show and 15 and 20 and 25. As we continue to grow, we want to reward you guys and thank you guys that listen to all of our shows. So throughout our next three shows, starting with this one, we're going to ask a fantasy trivia question. You could DM your answers to at injury underscore fantasy on Twitter. Every correct answer. So I'm going to ask a question on this show the next show and the following one for every correct answer you have, you're going to get an entry into winning a free signed and framed NFL Jersey. Now we haven't decided what the player is yet, but we'll make it worth a while. We won't do uh, to take from our draft. It won't be a, uh, a Kenny Gainwell Jersey, no disrespect to Philly Tom or, you know, someone like Kadarius Tony, no disrespect to my guys in New York, but we'll, we're going to make this a higher level player. We're going to get you a signed jersey. We'll get you all the authentication for it. We're going to frame it for you. So every correct answer that you DM to us, once again, at injury underscore fantasy, you get an entry into winning that framed and signed jersey. Max is three entries. All you got to do is listen to our show, tune in, and DM us with the correct answer. So our question for today is who was the only player to finish as wide receiver one in back-to-back -back seasons? in the last 10 years. So once again, who is the only player to finish as wide receiver one in back-to-back -back seasons in the last 10 years? So DM us the answer, see what you can come up with, win yourself a free entry, and the more you listen to us, the more entries you will have. Um, 
But anyway, that's about it for us, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We love to have you guys here. We love making the show. We hope you guys enjoy the content. Make sure you vote on Twitter. We're going to put our teams up, the A++ boys versus the B guy over here. We'll see what you guys come up with. Tom and Sam, it was a pleasure, guys. Thank you so much for As everything. As always. It's been a pleasure. Shout out to Monty. Adios. Super fun show.